Tips from Trestle is brought to you by The Belcher Companies, Navigator Group Purchasing, E-Menu Choice Point of Sale, and Clark Food Service and Equipment. Welcome to Tips from Trestle. This podcast is dedicated to discussing the senior living industry with a unique focus on food, hospitality, and leadership. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. As a 25-year veteran of the hospitality industry, I've focused my work on creating exceptional experiences for the customers we serve. My goal for this podcast? Educate, inform, and inspire leaders in senior living to bring food and hospitality to the front of mind in our industry. Let's bring the innovative and passionate spirit of hospitality to everything that we do. For the residents, families, guests, and employees we serve, each and every day. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Today on Tips from Trestle, I'm joined by Chef Stephen Piles and Tiffany Coburn. Chef Piles is a fifth generation Texan and founding father of Southwestern Cuisine. He is a celebrated chef, cookbook author, philanthropist, and educator that has created 23 restaurants in six cities over the past 32 years. Piles was the first person in the Southwest to win a James Beard Award for Best Chef and was the first Texan inducted into the Beard Foundation's Who's Who of Food and Wine in America. Bon Appetit Magazine has credited Piles with almost single-handedly changing the cooking scene in Texas, while the New York Times called him an absolute genius in the kitchen. Chef Piles has been named Esquire Magazine's Chef of the Year, and Texas Monthly has named him one of the 20 most influential Texans of the year. A highly successful author and Emmy Award-winning TV host, he was only the 10th chef to be inducted into Nation's Restaurant News' Menu Masters Hall of Fame, joining the ranks of Wolfgang Puck, Paul Prudhomme, and Jeremiah Tower. A tireless philanthropist, Piles is a founding board member of Share Our Strength, America's largest hunger relief organization, a life board member of the North Texas Food Bank and has served on the board of Goodwill Industries and the Art Institute. He co-founded the Hunger Link, Dallas's perishable food program that acts as a conduit between restaurants and hotels and ministries and soup kitchens. And through his Stephen Piles Culinary Scholarship, he has awarded $250,000 to culinary students in Texas. Tiffany Coburn joined MedCorp Partners in April 2017 as part of MedCorp's mission to develop a comprehensive senior living division. She has more than two decades of operations experience in the seniors housing industry and concentrates on pre-development, development, and post-development operating strategies, including managing performance and relationships with the company's MedCorp selects to operate its senior living assets. Prior to joining MedCorp Partners, Tiffany served in small, medium, and large operating company platforms involved in the independent assisted living, memory care, and skilled nursing sectors. She has experience in major metropolitan markets across the country, as well as regional markets outside MSAs. Tiffany has led the startup of two senior living companies, as well as having served in numerous positions at the community, regional, and corporate levels of operations. She's a graduate of Texas Tech University with a bachelor's degree in public relations with a marketing minor. She lives in Plano, Texas, and enjoys traveling, sports, entertaining, and reading. Tiffany and Chef Piles, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. That was my my edited bio. (laughs) I don't even remember. It was. (laughs) 
Oh, well, you know, when I got in touch with Tiffany about the, the Alma restaurant project and she said that you guys were working together and she sent me your bio and I was like, I don't think this speaks well enough to what you do. You know, I, I'm not a native Texan, but I know who you are. Everybody in Texas knows who you are. Um, and so it, this is a really cool project you guys are working on. So I'm glad we're talking about it. And so Tiffany, I wanted to start with you kind of talking a little bit about this concept of retailization of senior living, right? This is something that is coming, right? With tighter margins and, you know, we can't raise rates all through the roof. We got to keep it competitive. We got to find better ways to, to create revenues and, and, and create experiences for residents as well. And so um, working with Chef Piles, I want you to kind of give me a little idea. How did you guys decide to create a public restaurant attached to your senior living community? Well, it's got a couple of different uh, origins, I guess you would say, one of which is the recognition, the recognition, to your point earlier, that as we move into this new generation of seniors, we're also understanding that they have heightened expectations uh, on what the customer experience needs to look like. And so we, de we develop high-end senior living communities. And I just feel like if we're going to say that that's our niche, you know, our niche is high in senior living and we want to create a resort-like experience in markets that can support that, that we ought to be pretty intentional about the quality of the product that we bring to their resident experience. And, you know, it, it, we've moved out of this greatest generation of customers um, with, with the, the age group that has passed on mostly. And now that we're learning more about baby boomers and their expectations as they come into this, this sector, uh, what we're finding out is that um, they're a lot more informed and aware about what their options are. And they, they don't uh, make any qualms about what their expectations are, which is really kind of great for us because we yeah. don't have to do as much digging and prying and, you know, yeah. all of that when we discover. So doing our research, we recognized that creating an, an outstanding culinary experience is, is top of the list for this new generation that's ushering into our communities. And uh, when we, so the timing of it was, the recognition is there, and the timing of it was such that in 2017 and 2018, we were uh, heavy into the early stages of development of this resort-like community in Georgetown, Texas, just north of Austin. And um, when we were doing our market research, we spent a lot of time with the homeowners inside Sun City, the Dell Webb community that exists there in Georgetown. It has, it's a large sun city and it has about 15,000 rooftops. And so as they finish out their very last phase of that Dell Web development, uh, we really have a captive audience because our, our um, land site that we've developed on is at the main entrance to the south end of Sun City. And so we've, we've got this, this captive audience of about 15,000 uh, retirees who are at various stages and deciding to, you know, sell homes or whatnot and simplify their lives. One of the main things that they, they told us when we did a focus group study um, back in 2019 was that they had limited food options, limited dining options in that part of the hill country. Um, it was underdeveloped in terms of higher end food options. And they said, 
I'll never forget this, but they said, you know, it's really frustrating because the closest thing to our homes is the catfish parlor. (laughs) And we, you know, we can only eat there so much. And uh, otherwise we have to drive down to Austin or go to some places in old town, Georgetown. And, and so that's, that's really the thing that would move the needle for us is if we had a place that we lived in that we could invite our friends to and that we could come to, even if we decide it's going to be a while before we move in, if we still are homeowners inside Sun City, we would like to have a new place to go eat. So that immediately got us thinking, if we're designing this resort-like experience and we anticipate having them move in at some time, why not go ahead and introduce a public-facing restaurant connected to this campus so that we can keep our potential future residents engaged from the very beginning. Yeah, that's such, you know, I'm familiar with Georgetown. My in-laws actually used to live there and you're absolutely right. The market is perfect for something like that. Um, And so I love the idea of being, you know, forward thinking and saying, how do we build the pipeline out in a unique way? Like, let's not just do the direct mailers and that kind of typical stuff. How do we get them engaged with the community before they're even thinking about moving in and considering it? It sounds like it's kind of the perfect market mix for an opportunity like that to come into place. So, um, Chef, I was curious, you know, this is not a space that you've ever really been in before. I mean, you're, you've created a number of amazing restaurants all throughout Texas. And, you know, what, from your perspective, gave you the impetus to get into this space to create this partnership with MedCorp um, and kind of create this unique opportunity? Well, let me back up a little and uh, uh, correct you a little bit. It's not my first time in retirement communities. Oh, okay. And so, and and that's probably why I'm here today. Um, Because uh, to to Tiffany's point earlier, it's interesting how the profile for the retiree has changed for me, certainly. Um, And when I was uh, invited to consult um, three or four years now, I guess, uh, on a project in Dallas, a very high-end luxury place, uh, retirement community, my response was, I don't think I'm the person for that. I, I've done <laughs> hotels and airports and museums, but I don't know about retirement community. And so when they showed me the list of folks that were coming to this retirement community, I said, oh, that's my customers. Yeah. I mean, liter- literally. <laughs> and so uh, I thought, okay, it's time to rethink this and think maybe I come to them as opposed to them coming to me. So that was really, so I'm already kind of in the mode so that when Tiffany called and said, would you like to do something down in Georgetown? I said, sure, let's talk. Uh, You know, because uh, I have retired from operations now. I'm not in ownership and uh, uh, I want to, I, I could take on, you know, another project, maybe two, but I mean, another two, but, but, Two is, is, is good. So, right. so this, was, um, this was an opportunity to sort of feel out watermark. And to be honest, I did my research and, and I had an old employee who was working for Watermark, Watermark being the, the, the operations people behind MedCorp uh, in this event, in, in this uh, uh, venue. And uh, I heard nothing but great things, rave reviews. And so the more I talked to them and interviewed, it just seemed like a good fit. And then, um, and I 
don't remember, Tiffany, I don't remember that we immediately started talking about this public facing restaurant, but it seems to me like we kind of phased into it because um, I, I was kind of sold on working with Medcor and Watermark. And then, and then we said, you know, this uh, freestanding restaurant or public restaurant, I thought, I've never done this. Tiffany said, we've never done this. I don't think it's been done in this field. So it was kind of a challenge and um, it's, been it's been an interesting ride. And uh, I, I think we're very excited about the prospects. Today, I want to tell you about one of Trestle's senior living partners, Belter. Belter is a food service design, equipment, and supply company that has been providing expert guidance to the food and beverage industry for nearly a century. A strategic partner to the most successful food service operations in the country, Belter provides support in kitchen and bar design, equipment procurement and install, and supplies. Their team of senior living food service experts have experience across the continuum of care. From independent living to skilled nursing and CCRCs, Belter specializes in right-sizing new facilities, modernizing remodels, and providing the right food service equipment and supplies. At Belter, they are committed to creating memorable experiences for their customers and their guests. With their top-notch team and a global network of quality supplier partners, their customer-focused approach is built on a foundation of collaboration and decades of industry experience. So thank you for considering Belter for all of your food service needs. No, We're kind it's... of pioneers, and, uh, you know, pioneers are, are rewarded if, if, if they do well. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one of the things, you know, it, you know, in my previous life in operations, you know, as a, a food and beverage executive, I would always try and teach and coach and train that you need to start, stop thinking about it as institutional food and start thinking about it as a restaurant, right? And so I, pushing that thought and trying to get the industry to see that, you know, because of the change with the boomers is so important and having someone with your background and skills and expertise uh, is only going to push the the concepts even further. And so, um I'm curious, and, and you guys both can chime in on this. As you're looking through and developing the concept, what were some of the things that you looked at and considered as you thought about creating this as a public restaurant, as opposed to maybe what we've kind of seen in the past, where we're going to keep this inside. It's more of that maybe country club style of it's for the residents slash members only and maybe their guests. So what, it, from your guys' perspective, went into that thinking of, Let's turn this into something more public and open to everyone. Well, to be quite honest, and, and Chef and I have talked about this a lot um, over the last few years that we've been working together, is it, it, lessons learned for, for me and for MedCorp is that had we had the, the right mindset on what this needed to look like from the very beginning, we would have understood the importance of engaging chef piles way earlier than we did. And, you know, it's, it's the best laid plans thing, right? right. So um, by the time we started talking um, on a regular basis about how this partnership would look and how we would integrate Watermark's culinary programming as a subset of chef piles is and all of the, all of the dynamics that that brings to the table, yeah. 
Um, it was that it would have, it would have helped chef a lot had we been able to engage him in the very preliminary design stages of the kitchen, of the sizing of all of the venues for culinary. There's about six different culinary offerings within this campus. And the main, you know, the main showcase one being uh, Alma by Stephen Piles. But there's also the, the, one, the culinary venues that are exclusive to the, just to the residents living in the community too. So, you know, oh my, I, I did not know what I was biting <laughs> off in this whole process. I just knew that we needed to do it. And like you said, like, like Chef said, you know, um, as pioneers, you have to be willing to think, okay, here's, here's what we've got. And now mm -hmm. what are we going to do with it? And, and we would not have been able to do this without his direction. I mean, he was able to step in immediately, even though he was like, my goodness, I wish I would have been able to redesign this kitchen or whatever. He was able to step in immediately and say, okay, here's what we need to do. Let's get this in sequence and then let's go. And so um, it, it was not necessarily that we had this big master plan. It kind of evolved over time as we started to realize that we needed to rise to the occasion and, and meet the market need at it, you know, at, it, at its gap. Yeah, you know, and being familiar with the the various offerings that Watermark has, you know, they already, from that internal perspective, have some different concepts and, and some variety there. And so when you started digging into all of that, Chef, what were some of the challenges that you felt needed to be addressed immediately to kind of integrate this new concept you're developing in with Watermark's already existing food and beverage platform? Well, to Tiffany's point, the main issue was kitchen integration. And we're still, to be honest, uh, at the stage where we're trying to figure that out completely. Um, we, um, you know, this, I couldn't tell you. First of all, you said, I think in the beginning, 23 restaurants in, in six cities. That's already even grown. So I'm in I think <laughs> 25. I know I'm in seven cities. So, okay. It is. I don't even know how many of those 25 were license agreements, but at least 10 or 12. And so that is not an issue for me. I'm used to doing that. Um, you know, mm -hmm. as long as I've got, got good operators, I can uh, give a product that that I am proud of and that we would be proud of, um, you know, but I'm usually involved in designing the kitchen and it's not um, we're not trying to do more than one concept out of one kitchen. So that's been a challenge and an issue. Uh, and so um, trying to integrate and really uh, understand what those other venues need and how we can facilitate the execution of those sort of simultaneously uh, is what we're continuing to work on and I think will be our challenge uh, going forth. Yeah. So when you start thinking about, you know, those operational pieces, one of the things that for me kind of jumps out is now we're starting to integrate this resident with resident meal programming and, and you know, I, I'm not sure what their, their spin down or if they have buy-in or what that looks like. And then integrating that with a, you know, cash credit type of public restaurant. So what are some of the challenges, uh, Tiffany, that you've seen uh, or that you're addressing still maybe uh, as you look at kind of that crossover between all of that? Well, I think that, and, and Stephen can speak to this as well, but I think one of the biggest challenges has just been beyond just 
how the kitchen operations should work optimally for the various venues is um, how to, two things really, how to hire workers who um, are basically operating under two different umbrellas, one on a, on a tipped scale and one on a non-tipped scale. So that's been, we've, we've basically had to rewrite a bunch of job descriptions, um, create a separate human resources guidebook for the, for the tipped positions. Um, And then, and then Stephen has spent a lot of one-on-one time with Watermark on those things. And then the second, the other area that's been, um, you know, complicated in terms of figuring out a solution is creating a point of sale system structure, infrastructure that will allow us to charge outside customers for the Alma uh, utilization, as well as our, as create a structure for our internal residents to have priority seating and things like that inside the restaurant. So it's been a lot, it's been a lot. And again, I, I, I credit Chef Piles with, um, the, the loads of experience he's had with various markets and various different types of startup um, situations that have allowed us to work through some of those things. And I think it's an ongoing process. I think we, we don't have the answer. We'll have the answer in six months. And uh, it's going to be a good answer. It has to be. We don't have any choice. But, yeah. uh, but you know, I, I've always said, number one, great restaurants or not, uh, created in a year. They're certainly not created in a month, two months or three yeah. months. And, and I don't think this is a situation that we're going to, um, you know, know fully until we get into it and start playing with it in, in, in real time. And so um, it's kind of exciting, really, because yeah. it's, it's something I haven't done. And at this point in my career, I'm I'm all about the challenge and doing something new. So I, I think, you know, we're going to know more in six months than we know today. We, we've got an idea of what it's going to look like, but I'll guarantee you something's going to veer this way. We're going to say, oh, we didn't think of that. This makes sense. And, and at some point, it's no different than opening a, a restaurant, a, a big restaurant where, uh, you know, you have no idea when this moment is going to happen when, you know, everything seems so clunky and you're just pushing this to get this done and suddenly there's all these people and you're just in this, it just free for all. It's very chaotic. And then at some point, weeks in, sometimes rarely days in, but certain <laughs> weeks in, maybe months in, but something just happens and all of a sudden it just clicks and you think, ah, there it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then you start the performance art. Yeah, and, and you start to feel the flow the and the rhythm and everything yeah. starts happening. Yeah. So I, it's interesting to see how this is all going to happen, but I, I feel comfortable that it will. I just don't know when. <laughs> so, Chef, I'm curious, does, you know, typically with restaurants, right, you, you'd like to do a soft opening and kind of work out some of those kinks, and then you kind of do your big grand opening. Does having the opportunity to kind of have this already built-in customer base with these residents uh, for a soft opening, do you think that's going to make that process easier and, and a little more smooth, or, or are you just kind of approaching this as the, it's just the same, same old restaurant, I just happen to have some, some extra people to work with? Well, it's interesting. It's a little of both. Uh, I think it's an opportunity for us to, to, to feel, to have our residents feel like we're doing something really special for them early on. And that they really are, you know, a part of this, a part of the, the conceptualization of it, the part of the opening. Um, 
so from that aspect, I think that's that works to our favor in more than one way. But uh, you know, I, people are. It's not hard to find people who want a free meal. So <laughs> oh, there's no shortage of friends and family when we come to you know testing. You know, I bet yeah, testing the lab rats. <laughs> So it's kind of a great segue because one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about was the the concept of Alma by Stephen Piles in general, right? Like, you know, we talked a little bit, Tiffany, about it being a little higher end uh, type of restaurant than maybe the, the Georgetown market has available. Um, but kind of tell the listeners a little bit about what the concept is going to be like, you know, um, and just give us some details on what um, the public can expect when the, when it's open to them. Okay. I think uh, that's definitely a Stephen question. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, um, first of all, I don't think it's, you know, I've learned have, having, uh, knowing you know, the, the Texas market pretty well, certainly the Hill Country, San Antonio and Austin, having done concepts there before, I, I, I wouldn't say that this is um, in a league of its own in Georgetown. I mean, it is, and we can say that between us, but, but the point is I really want it to feel like it's a concept. Its uniqueness is about the fact that it is um, completely developed for Georgetown, and it's a concept that really wouldn't work quite anywhere else because we're really focusing on local, local, local wines and products and and culture, the cultural aspects. I'm calling it Texas Hill Country Soul Food. Okay. And so, but in terms of price point, we're you know I was very careful about making sure that we're right here. We're not any more than any other restaurant in town. We're not lower than the the better restaurants certainly, but we're right there. So I don't want us to. I, I don't want Alma to feel like this restaurant that is. Uh, a special occasion restaurant. We're going to go there only for our anniversary. And so uh, I really think our uniqueness there is the fact that it is a concept that you won't find anywhere else there, um, but not in terms of this very, you know, sort of special evening that you have to get all dressed up for and, and you know, plan years in advance. It's, it's going to be more casual than that. It's really comfortable. It's about people gathering and, and sharing food and, and, and stories and community, you know, it's really about gathering. Yeah. I, I love the idea of capitalizing on the Texas Hill country local vibe. I mean, that's a, that's an area that if you've not been there and our listeners, you know, there's a lot of listeners that haven't, but it's a, it's a unique special place. And so um, I think it's going to be really cool. Um, and also, let me just say, you know, because uh, it, it, obviously I'm not foreign to this idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one that I kind of helped invent, or at least, uh, you know, the style of it. And right. so, uh, you know, I've done a lot of it with those 25 or 26, however many restaurants I've opened. Um, there have been a lot of concepts in there, Middle Eastern and, and Asian and Spanish and you know, just different sushi. I mean, I've done a lot of different concepts, but I've said this more than once, but what I've learned is to dance with the one that brung you. 
That's an old yeah. Texas saying. <laughs> and this is what I'm known for. This is what people come to my restaurants expecting. Yeah. Texas food, modern Texas food, Southwestern food. In this case, Texas. Navigator is the largest full service GPO that exclusively focuses on the senior living community. And what that means is we provide products and services that help our members provide a great environment for their residents, such as like MRO, hospitality equipment, food, business products, as well as technology solutions. We actually surround our members with a level of support unmatched in the industry. Yeah, I know when I, you know, when I saw the the initial news piece about it, and I saw, oh, they got Chef Piles involved. I was like, this is going to be Texas through and through because that's what he does. Um, one question I did have for you, Tiffany, because, uh, you know, Chef Piles was talking about the price point, right, and trying to be competitive in the market with that. Um, when you think about having residents and, you know, helping maybe to subsidize some of that a little bit. Was that a factor in any of this as you were planning or was that just kind of a, a maybe an afterthought uh, as part of this? Well, it was a huge part of how we planned it. And that's a great question because we didn't really know a lot about our target audience when we first started with the concept development. And we had to learn that as we as we went along and spent more time in the market and with some of the homeowners themselves. and. Fortunately, the Sun City Community Association was very welcoming of our concept and was excited to have the senior living community being developed right at their doorstep. And so we got a lot of good free information from them and, and we worked with them to schedule things that would allow us to ask questions and, and really make sure that they understood we were partially designing this for them, you know, uh, but, you know, anyone can come. And so as we got further into that relationship development process, we realized that even though this is an affluent market, it comprised, Sun City is what I'm talking about, comprised right. mostly of, of retirees from larger metropolitan areas like Houston and Dallas and other places out of state too, of course. Um, they, they are fluent, but they're not necessarily the type of customer that's... Um, interested in people knowing about that. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. just they're, they're this very down-to-earth group of people that have settled in the Hill Country for a reason, and it is to have a low-key lifestyle. It's to enjoy family and friends. It's to create new networks of friends, and it's to have fun doing it. So we this this goes hand in hand with what Stephen just said is we knew that we we can't offer something that comes across as pretentious to the marketplace because this is not a Georgetown is not a pretentious market neither are the Sun City uh, homeowners and so we had to strike this careful balance of of feeling like this venue matched their preferences and stylistic tendencies but also to create a food offering that was superior to anything they could get in the area. And um, I think that they are, because we have um, spent quite a bit of time with them and, and Chef Piles has gone down to Georgetown on multiple occasions now uh, to do meet and greets and showcase events and tastings and such. I think that there's this heightened level of expectation that this is going to be a cornerstone of how they identify with their 
relationship with the Hacienda at Georgetown as a whole. Yeah. And um, so I, I'm really pleased with how it's it's coming together, even though I do agree with Stephen that it there's who knows? There's so much that we have to 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 trial in the next few months as we get ready to go live. But um, we certainly have a well-informed and willing customer base. And even one of the last events that the local team there at the Hacienda um, participated in around the holidays, um, the mayor of Georgetown was present at that event. And he actually went up to our executive director and said, all I really want to know is when can I make my reservations on open table for Alma? <laughs> so you know, that's actually, just, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Just to add to what Tiffany said, the, you know, Alma is such a part of Hacienda. I mean, it's, 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 yes, it's freestanding. It's anybody hopefully will come from Austin or points from wherever, but it really is, uh, for Hacienda and and we in deliberating on a name you know typically I try to be very local and see what is uh, what's going on and we did research into the history of Georgetown and the rivers and the you know the terrain and what were what are some names that would be indicative of being there in Georgetown in the hill country and I kind of came back to the fact that it's Hacienda that's Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so um, how do we relate that? What is what is Alma? It's the heart. It's the soul. So Alma really is Spanish for heart or soul, I mean. And uh, and so it, it's very much a part of, you know, the the gathering, the meeting, the 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 hacienda. That is that's the heart and soul of it. Yeah. I you know, I think a concept like this and, and, and a project like this, if you don't keep it connected and tied into the community, uh, it, it's going to feel separate and, and kind of exterior to it. And so I think what you're saying about creating that kind of global feel within the community as, as that's what it's for, and it's also available to the public, I think will be a huge success. So um, kind of as we wrap up here, Tiffany, I was going to ask you the you know, the mayor had mentioned, when can I make reservations on open table? So uh, tell us a little bit about what we can expect from a, a timetable uh, for this to, to become a reality. Yeah, it's, it's bearing down on us. It's just right around the corner and we're expecting to receive our food establishment permit uh, this month. So uh, that will be a, obviously, as you well know, being in the industry for so long, that'll be a big, um, a big milestone, uh, the checkoff. And then as we speak, Chef Piles is assisting the Watermark team with their infrastructure setup, their testing. Um, they're about to do POS uh, testing next week and training. And then they've been installing smallwares, equipment, and doing all of those, those final rush to the finish line items um, in order to start our trial phase of, of in internal resident soft launch um, in February. So we hope to have, and, and Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but we hope to have our soft launch um, completed by what, end of February, early March? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and we're recording this at the start of January. And so, you know, that's a, a pretty short timetable. I mean, you guys are well on the way and that's super exciting. So 
Um, it's been a lot of hurry up and wait. I mean, we started yes. this thing two I years definitely ago. Definitely understand that. And it was originally, you know, but this is so typical, you know, open in the fall. Well, a little later in the fall. Mm. Okay, you know, it's just it's very <laughs> yeah. typical. But but it's we it feels like we've been at this forever, doesn't it, Tiffany? It does. I think I've aged seventy two years <laughs> since we started. Um. Any any future projects that you guys are thinking about or looking at or that you can share at this time, maybe? We're always looking at, at potential projects. And, and I know that that Chef and I have had conversations about, you know, if the market is right, let's talk. And so that's that's still the case um, there. There are a couple that we're looking at right now, but um, we, we aren't far along enough in them that I can share with you yeah. yet but i hope that we can pretty soon and my yeah. only request with from tiffany was get me involved sooner yeah <laughs> now yeah. i know yeah definitely you know that's one thing i i try to tell operators that i work with is like when you're planning your food service uh programming and your restaurants and your kitchens like get those experts in first i don't know how many times i walked into a plan that was done and i go what are you doing this is this is backwards and upside down and the flow should be 90 degrees different. And it's just, yeah, I, I think you guys are absolutely on that. And so um, yeah, as we're kind of wrapping up, how can uh, listeners reach out, learn more about the, the project, uh, you know, get more specifics on opening dates, things like that, uh, and learn more about what you guys are doing in general. So well, I, I, the website for sure. We have a we have an Alma website that is just launched, but there's a Hacienda website as well. What would you say, Tiffany? Yeah, those are the most developed out resources at this time. Um, is to to go on Hacienda at Georgetown.com. Um, there's also a link um, on the homepage to Alma. And uh, we just launched the Alma restaurant website so that it can function as a separate website as well. And then if, um, if anyone wants additional information, they can feel free to reach out to either Chef Piles or myself on LinkedIn, and we'll be happy to respond or provide any additional insight if they're thinking about doing something similar. Great. Well, hey, this is an exciting project. This is, frankly, from my standpoint, this is the future of what we should be doing in senior living, you know, bringing in amazing experts like, like Chef Piles to create those experiences um, for our residents. So um, Tiffany, Chef Piles, I thank both of you for joining me today here on Tips from Trestle. Thank you, Erin. Thanks Aaron. so much. So there you have it. Another one in the books. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Please follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Tips from Trestle. You can also learn more about the work I do by following me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. And be sure to check out Trestle Hospitality Concepts at www.trestlehospitalityconcepts.com. I'm your host, Aaron Fish, and this has been another episode of Tips from Trestle.